Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters Europe, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host today, Philippe Durand, partner at the Paris law firm Auguste de Bouzy. In this series of podcasts, we will be looking at specific issues affecting businesses and organizations in European countries. Today, our topic will be a new EU directive on whistleblowing, which was passed in December 2019. To address this topic today, we are fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice employment law in these jurisdictions. Apart from myself, since I will be part of the discussion as well, joining us today on the program is Christopher Petsch of the Austrian law firm Chera Hempel, based in Vienna, of course. And Christopher, I understand you're joining us today from uh, your home, actually, right? Exactly. Due to COVID-19, it's still uh, the better idea to stay at home in Austria. Yeah, yeah, we do understand that. So you're doing fine anyway, despite this bizarre context, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, okay. overall, the situation is quite good. But as I said, it's better to, to keep your distance and stay at home. <laughs> Of course, of course. Christopher, listen, I think it might be a good idea that you start up with some kind of a general background introduction about this directive so that we can take it from there and then see how it might be applicable soon in respective Austria and France. So why don't you start with some general background information? Yeah, sure. As you already said, there is a new directive by the European Union that will have to be implemented until December 2021 by all of the member states. It basically is governing an obligation to introduce whistleblowing hotlines. In case you don't know exactly what a whistleblowing hotline is, as it was not that common in Europe so far, these are systems in which, uh, for example, an employee may report potential violations of mandatory law or of internal policies, uh, policies to the employer. And such systems, for example, can be a telephone hotline or an email account or an electronic uh, system in which you can file your complaint. As I already said, at least in Austria, it was not a very common thing, but very soon it will be obligatory for all employers with at least 50 employees to introduce um, such whistleblowing hotline. For employers with 250 employees or more, it will already be an obligation from December 2021. It will be the same for um, employers in specific branches, like, for example, in the financial services or in, in case it's connected to money laundering. And for all other employers with 50 or more employees, it will be obligatory for, from 2023, December 2023. That's basically it, uh, meaning that based on this directive, all employers will have to have such whistleblowing hotlines so that employees and also other people can disclose violations of the laws of the European Union, cheap um, public procurement or environmental law or whatever, data protection, of course, so what is not covered by this directive um, are violations of national law, but as regards violations of European Union law, there will have to be such whistleblowing hotline. So from an Austrian point of view, I just checked and I, I wasn't really able to find anything new about the implementation process. So it seems that the Austrian legislator has not yet started this process, or at least not in public. Philippe, how is the situation in France? Is there already any movement as regards implementation? And what are the consequences for employers in France? Well, actually, the situation is a bit similar to Austria. First of all, it's not been implemented yet, for sure. 
Uh, we start talking about it. There's a national consultation which has been launched, of course, but the parliament has not started really looking at this new directive, to be honest with you. We've got the same dates that will apply, of course, as you said, 2021, 2023, depending on the company size. And of course, it's worth stressing, Christopher, I'm sure you will agree on that, that for companies below 50 staff, the directive does not apply. It doesn't mean that Austrian, I'm sure, or French employers cannot apply it on a voluntary basis, but it's not mandatory. And coming back to your question, Christopher, I think that the directive, all in all, will probably have some kind of limited consequences. We might be talking a little more about the French situation, but basically we have that law, which we call Sapin de law, or Loi Sapin de in French, which has been in place since 2016. And we already have procedures for whistleblowing purposes uh, that are pretty similar to what the directive is, uh, is contemplating. So basically spoken, whistleblowers are already protected under French law right now. Correct. And is it common in, in France to establish such, such whistleblowing hotlines? Because as I said, in Austria, it's more or less a thing of like larger group companies that, for example, have a US influence or something like that, because then usually they want to introduce such whistleblowing hotlines in Austria as well. But I would say a normal Austrian company is usually not implementing such whistleblowing hotline at the moment. Well, Christopher, you made that point earlier on about culture or whether you were saying, I think, that Austria was not maybe very much in favor of this kind of thing. I think it's a, culture, a cultural issue. And we face, I think, the same situation in France. I would also say that for France, large international groups have set up a, this kind of a, a whistleblowing process, certainly, especially, as you just said, when a kind of U.S. pressure or U.S. presence in the group would entice the French entity to put that in place. But it's in certain companies that might be a company culture issue, although you've got uh, no choice. The French law, Loi Sapin 2, is, uh, is there. Uh, you must implement this kind of process. You can do that through different means, a collective bargaining agreement or internal regulations, which we call règlement intérieur in French, or you can do that uh, through a simple note that will be issued by the, uh, uh, by the employer. And the, and the reporting procedure, Christopher, we have in France is through three different channels. Channel number one is that you disclose, the whistleblower discloses what he has to disclose within the company, and the French law has got to go through that step in, in order to get the protection I'll be telling you about in two, uh, in two minutes. Channel number two would be the upper level, that is to say, when the employee wants to disclose uh, the, those facts with a judiciary authority or an administration in France. And the last level, of course, is public report with the social media or, or the press. And as I said before, that protection exists for whistleblowers already in France, and they have to comply with step number one, except in very specific cases when the French law says when in case of absolute necessity to stop an imminent threat. But other than that, they have to go through step number one. And the protection they get, I will finish with that, the protection they get in the French law, I'm talking about whistleblowers, of course, is twofold. Number one, in, re in relation to employment law, and I think that's probably important for our audience today, uh, someone who's a whistleblower in the French law would be protected against uh, retaliation from the employer, discrimination measures, 
sanctions, dismissal, etc., etc. Uh, so that's a strong protection. And the other type of protection, of course, is the quality, the type, the confidentiality that will be attached to the information disclosed. Number one, of course, the identity of the whistleblower. And also uh, the information is disclosing and the people involved is uh, in the whistleblower's report. And there are criminal sanctions attached to that in case of breach of that uh, confidentiality rule. Now, I would like, Christopher, if you don't mind, that we move again to uh, Austria and your own uh, jurisdiction. And I was wondering if you could maybe give us a kind of feedback on this, uh, on the legal framework that exists already today in Austria for establishing uh, whistleblowing procedure or hotlines in your country. Yeah, I mean, in general, for all employers, there is no real legal framework. You just use the normal employment law to answer such questions. For example, in the finance sector and especially for banks, there are um, provisions, but uh, let's let's not talk about that at the moment, but let's talk about the general legal situation. So basically, a whistleblowing hotline system is considered a control measure in Austria because it's, it can be used by the employer to find out about behavior of the employee. So the employee basically has the impression of permanent observation and therefore it's considered a control measure. And the control measure in Austria can only be implemented if a works council has been established by concluding a shop agreement. So basically spoken, every whistleblowing hotline currently requires the consent of the works council. And in case there is no works council, then all of the affected employees will have to provide their consent instead. There is no real sanction. So if you as an employer do not comply with this, uh, with this you will not be fined. But employees and the Works Council um, may ask the employer to refrain from using the system. And this can also, of course, be enforced by filing according actions. So that's basically the current status. And there are no provisions, for example, on the protection of a whistleblower. So, of course, you can also try to find some arguments in the normal employment law that, for example, a whistleblower cannot be terminated, but it's not clear. And so I think in Austria, there will be a lot of differences if this directive is implemented accordingly. So, Philippe, my understanding of what you described for France is that, basically spoken, there is already a quite good level of protection for whistleblowers. So what would you say is the main difference between this new directive and the current French situation? Well, Christopher, I would say three things, three items. Number one, I will be, I'll be pretty quick on that one because you, you just talked about it a few minutes ago during this discussion. That's the scope, the type of breach that can be covered under the directive. As you rightly said, the directive covers breaches, disclosures about breaches of EU law as opposed to national laws, which is on, national laws are only considered under the whistleblowing process under French law. So the French law will have to be changed to cover also a whistleblowing mechanism for breaches of uh, laws, EU laws that you quoted as example, a procurement, financial services, etc. The second difference I can see in the directive is the fact that whistleblowers under French law today are private individuals like you and me, Christopher. Tomorrow, under the directive, this can be broadened to a, a larger scope, including uh, legal entities like uh, trade unions, uh, trade associations, uh, and even sometimes relatives of the uh, whistleblowers can be protected under the new, this new directive. So that will be another change. And finally, uh, the other change I see is 
something I referred to briefly a few minutes ago, which is this protection that uh, you can only get under French law if you have first reported as a whistleblower, you have reported through channel number one, that is to say, within, the, within your company. The directive we're talking about today makes that step optional. Now, what is France going to do? There are discussions today to stick with uh, the directive suggestion and to forget about that uh, step that is required today. But of course, we have to look uh, at the, the next statute coming up in France to see exactly what will be the ultimate uh, French position in that respect. Christopher, turning back to you, you said something interesting. You said that under current Austrian law for whistleblowing mechanism or hotlines to be set up, a consent is required from uh, your works council. Could you tell us today how you see your parliament is going to handle this requirement when it comes to putting this new directive into, uh, into law? How is your legislator going to cope with that, do you think? Mm. As I said, there is no, no information at all at the moment uh, of what the legislator will do. My assumption would be that it's not possible to just, for example, um, implement an obligation to introduce such whistleblowing hotline, but not address the Works Council aspect at all, because otherwise it will be up to the Works Council, to the individual Works Council, whether European law is implemented in Austria or not. So my assumption would be that the, the law that we just discussed will be amended in a way saying that if an employer only wants to implement a whistleblowing hotline um, in the meaning of the EU directive, it will be possible without the Works Council's consent. Maybe the Works Council must be informed and may participate in the process. And only in case the employer wants to do more than that, more than the minimum requirements, then the Works Council can also agree or disagree to that. So that would be my assumption because uh, any other solution will lead to problems. <laughs> so it's hard to, to imagine that the Austrian legislator will just leave it up to the Works Council. That's the one thing. And the other thing, um, of course, as I said in Austria, there is no protection at all for the whistleblower at the moment. And this, this will also be something that will have to be addressed by, for example, foreseeing obligations that the whistleblower may not be terminated as a result of, of reporting a violation or may, may not be demoted or transferred to another position or may not be banned from a bonus payment or whatever. So I think these two aspects will definitely have to be covered to align Austrian law with this new provisions that will have to be implemented. Philippe, can you assess to what extent um, you think that the French government will extend the current French legislation? It's hard to tell, Christopher. It's hard to tell because, uh, as I said before, the French parliament has not really started looking at this yet. And the government has not taken any specific position. So I would feel pretty uncomfortable making any bet. Uh, the only maybe slight bet I would make is that maybe channel number one could be dropped under French law as a prerequisite to get this specific pr protection for whistleblower. But that's the only forecast I would feel uh, able to, uh, to make, actually. Christopher, uh, this is going to be the end of our discussion today. And I would like to tell our audience that we were happy to have this discussion today. Thank you, Christopher. And uh, if you would like to connect with Christopher or myself, or any of our lawyers around the world, 
please search uh, for them on the ELA website. The address is ela.law, that's L-A-W, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive global employer handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters Europe, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Philippe Durand, and thanks for listening today.